Hey guys, welcome to another episode of the Thrive Forever Fit Show. I'm your host, Jay Nixon, and I'm excited about today's episode. Today, I've got my buddy Nick Maytash on the call. Nick is the founder of Moving Past Mediocre. It is a life performance, life coaching platform that Nick has constructed specifically for men to help them find their inner greatness. Now, ladies, don't let that deter you. I know most of you have a man in your life and you might just be the catalyst that gets him to the next level of where he wants to go. I know how instrumental Lori has been in my life to get me to where I am today. And I know how Nick's wife has been an important factor in his life. And so you guys are probably going to be the missing link in his success. So make sure you listen as well. Guys, saddle up, get ready, get inspired and find your greatness. Here comes Nick Maytash. Nick, welcome to the Thrive Forever Fit Show, brother. I appreciate you joining me today. How you doing, man? Dude, I'm doing fantastic. Thank you so much for uh, letting me be on your show. It's an honor and a privilege. I know you, you've been my brother for a while, but it, it's always good to reconnect and uh, check in as life, life goes on and, and see how we all are doing. So I appreciate it. Well, you know how strongly I feel about like your circle of success, surrounding yourself with like-minded people getting in the same room with guys who have the same philosophies you do. We're not in the same room, but at least we can see each other via video chat. And I think things like this are valuable. And we're going to talk about that kind of value today. Um, and is it, is it cool with you if I just jump right in? Yeah, man, let's get to it. Beautiful. I mean, you know, Nick and I could talk all day, guys, about, you know, the simple pleasantries of life. But we're going to dig in today because I think it's really important that men especially – hear this message. Now, ladies, if you're listening, keep listening because you might be the catalyst that moves your guy in the right direction toward this type of thing. But men, I really want you to dig in here, okay? So you got two dudes are getting ready to talk about some vulnerability here, and we're going to talk about coaching. And so, Nick, before we jump into life coaching and the coaching of men and things of that nature, tell me about your brand a little bit. Tell me about moving past mediocre. Like, what does that mean? Yeah, man. So um, moving past mediocre is, like you said, it's my brand, it's my website, it's my blog. It's, it's kind of my hub of where I, I put out content and, and uh, you know, try to inspire and motivate other people. Um, but where it all kind of started, the reason that it's called moving past mediocre in the first place goes back to when I was in my early 20s um, and just looking at my life in retrospect, obviously we always find more details as we look backward um, than being in the moment and being very close to it. But when you look, when I look back at, at those days, you know, I was in a relationship with a girl that I had been dating for about four years um, and just kind of going through the motions. It was very much the, um, there was not many highs, not many lows. It was just kind of right in the middle. It was mediocrity. It was average, right? Um, she wasn't a terrible human. She was an okay person. It just like the vibe wasn't there that said, I'm going to spend the rest of the, my life with this person and I'm excited about it. But so I was dating this girl for, like I said, four and a half years or so. I was in a job that I just wasn't thrilled by. It was paying the bills, keeping a roof over my head. You know, I was going to the gym, but I wasn't eating very good. So everything that I was doing at the gym was canceling it all out. Like if you had to put me in some kind of very um, general bubble, it was like, mediocre here you are so that was my life back then and then the catalyst to to where i am now in terms of the brand and why it's called moving past mediocre is you know i ended up ending that relationship which kind of caused this tidal wave of change in my life so i, I um ended that relationship in may of 2013 
And I mean, you know, my, myself and my wife, I met yeah. Christina a month later. So I always call Christina like my gateway to all of this transformation that, and she might sheepishly take it, uh, take, uh, what's the word am I looking for? Take credit for it. Yeah. But, uh, so I met her a month later and within, so this is May, 2013 when I ended that relationship by July of 2014, I was proposing to Christina. I had moved to a different city. I'd started a new job. Um, you know, I, I, everything about my life that was kind of in this box of mediocrity was changed. It was shifted by the decision. And, and I'll give a shout out to one of my buddies, Jimmy, who kind of was my person that I went to when I was thinking about ending this relationship. He was like, you got to think about yourself. What do you want? And it was the first time in a very long time that I started to think like that in terms of what do I want moving forward? And it was not where I was. And then it was just this one decision that was the catalyst um, to everything else because then I met Christina and I moved, started a new job. And it's crazy, and I'm sure you've experienced this too, when you experience like the thrill of transformation in one area of life, it allows you to open up and be ready to accept transformation in other areas of your life. So, yeah. you know, when everything was going so well with Christina, it was like, oh, so this is what love feels like. This is what relationships are supposed to be like. I wonder what it would be like if I made more money. I wonder what it would be like if I was more conscious about what I was doing in the gym. I wonder what it would look like if I, you know, it just, it just started this, this um, momentum of sorts with everything that I was right out of my mouth. I was thinking momentum and just pushed everything towards the ledge of like, if, if I didn't know about this before Christina, in terms of love relationships and eventually marriage and parenthood and all this stuff that we're now in, in, uh, in the depths of, um, what is out there that I'm not aware of? It just right. kind of shook me to my core that there's probably more out there for me than this life of just going to work, coming home, um, going to the gym, coming home, going to bed, waking up, doing it all over again without any kind of excitement or um, just any kind of fire to it. Yeah. And so, yeah, it was, it, it all started back then. And as I kind of got into this, this space of sharing what I, what I had to say on, on movingpastmediocre.com or Facebook or Instagram, wherever I'm doing that, um, it just felt like a natural fit of, of branding or, or like what I was about. Like, you know, I, I was thinking about website names when I was going back and doing this. I'm like, yeah, what did I do to get here? What did I, why do I have something to say? And then the words just came out of my mouth. I'm like, I guess moving past mediocre. Yeah, that's appropriate. So that was kind of where the, the genesis of it was, was back then. And then just the progression of it to where it is now. Um, it's just really about continuing to, be open to that there's more out there and there's more to experience and, and allowing yourself to um, really just continue to learn and continue to be uh, ready for change. Cause I mean, nothing stays stagnant. It either changes the way you want it to, or it changes the way you don't want it to. So right. choosing to accept the fact that I have some control on that and, uh, and just really embracing it is, is kind of where it's at. Yeah. I think I want to elaborate on two points here. So, I mean, first and foremost for everybody listening. So, a lot of people out there, I mean, I'd say more than 50%, and I'm probably being generous there, are living, I mean, this isn't, this isn't a disparaging comment, are living, quote unquote, probably a mediocre life, kind of the life that you just described, an unfulfilling relationship, unfulfilled, you know, job, 
not making the money they want to make unfulfilled, you know, physical perspective, like they're not in the body that they want to be in. And they're just going through that routine every single day. And what you did that most people aren't doing and what most people can do, I want you guys to hear this. What Nick did is he made a decision. And that decision was not easy. Like breaking up with someone, especially when you're in your, I mean, when you're in high school, not a big deal. But when you get into your 20s and your 30s and whatever, and you've been with someone for four years, I mean, that's not just like, you know, you're not going to send them a text message and be like, hey, see ya. Like that took a, that took a lot of courage. That took a lot of vulnerability. And that took some belief in yourself because you were going to dive into a world of uncertainty. But what you did is that uncertainty that you, you, you felt in that moment of time when you said, hey, you know, Courtney, don't, I don't know her name. We're not going to, we're not going to use her name here publicly. Courtney, um, I hope it's not Courtney. Um, yeah, Courtney, you know, this, this isn't going to work out. So you, you, de- you dove into a pool of uncertainty there, but through that, I mean, now you're living a life that is anything but mediocre. You have a beautiful wife, a beautiful child, a brand new home. You know, you have all the things and it started with one decision, one decision. You could have stayed in that relationship forever probably and just been okay, Nick. Yes, you know what I, I mean? absolutely could have. And How much would that have sucked? Uh, it would not be fun. And to be completely truthful, like I definitely entertained that. Like I was so naive. I was 24 when we ended the relationship. I was so naive as a, you know, early to mid 20 year old kid that I thought that, oh, I've been with this person for four years. I guess it's the next step is marriage. Like I'm not getting any younger. That was the thought that I had, you know, I'm not getting younger. 24 is like a child. You're not, you're barely born. <laughs> right. And so I, I just, I had the thought that like, I guess this is it then. Um, I, I'll ride this thing out into the sunset. And yeah, I, it was a decision and it was not an easy one. Um, like I said, it wasn't like she did something terribly wrong yeah. to me. So I had, there was like no just cause for me to, to say like, hey, this, this isn't like, I, I couldn't, I wasn't mad at her. It was just, totally. I, I need to choose something else. And it, and unfortunately it's not you. And like you said, there was a lot of unknown. There was a lot of uncertainty. Um, but that uncertainty felt um, it, it was more comforting to me yeah. than the certainty of what I forecasted my life to be like if I had just continued to run through the motions for the next 60 to 80 years of my life or whatever. Um, so yeah, it, it got to a point of that the pain or the fear of what might be on the other side of that didn't matter because yeah. it was, I think this is, this, if I forecast things out, if I really visualize what it might be like, it's not something that I want to do. So one of my favorite sayings is you will never get more than you believe you deserve. And if you think about that, most of us, if we're stuck somewhere, it's because we believe we deserve that. Like, you know what? My parents never had any money. So maybe I'm not supposed to have any money. My parents didn't have a great relationship. So you know what? I mean, this is kind of what I've always known. So you kind of, you, you convince yourself that you deserve the life that you have. And so what I encourage people to do is like, to think about that. You'll never have more in life than you believe you deserve. So if you want more out of life, the first thing you've got to do is start believing that you deserve more. And that's what you did. You woke up that day and you were like, I deserve better than average. Like I deserve better than mediocre. Like, I mean, yeah, there's nothing wrong with her. She's not a horrible human, but I deserve better. And I want better for myself. And you made that decision, man. And so, I mean, I commend you for doing that because so many people are fearful of making that change. And I mean, seeing you now, I can't even imagine average Nick. 
<laughs> yeah. I don't even know that dude. Right. No, I mean, I, I will even tell my wife about not, not so much that I was like a terrible human being, just things that I was into, the stuff that I would do, just how I was just kind of not the happiest guy. Cause I mean, you know me now, like I'm, yeah. There's not much that I can say it makes me upset. Like, I'm a pretty chill dude, really enjoy my life, love my family, love my daughter, love my wife. And uh, back then it was just like, well, here's another day. I guess we'll just uh, ride this thing out. Well, yeah, you had average energy. I mean, your energy was average for life. I mean, you had no zest for life. And so what you've done now is you've created this new momentum and this new energy around that. And that transitions me into my next question. Like, so you are a, I mean, I'm going to throw the word master in there. You are a master life coach for men. I mean, I just like, you know me, I like to add like, you know, big bold oh. words. Master life coach for men. So life coaching, like what turns you in that direction? Like what gave you the passion and the desire to coach and to be a life coach? You know, I, there's a couple instances in there that kind of turned me towards life coaching. You know, my, my day job, if you will, is I'm a, I'm a high school teacher. So I work and I, I work with kids all day long and I work on not only just the subjects that I teach, but their mindset and like what they're trying to create in their class as they get through high school and so on. So like I have this background of just helping people, helping kids and really trying to mold them as, as they approach and get into life. So there's that part of my background was a big thing. And then truthfully, the, the biggest thing that turned me forcefully towards life coaching um, was the experience that I met you through, which was the mastermind that Tommy Baker ran way back when it's probably been about two years now. Yeah, two, um, two, two and a half, something like that. So, I mean, just being in that program where I went in fully as a teacher and I had the moving past mediocre website up. I was, I was writing for this blog and, and trying to put out content that I felt was inspiring and, and could help um, shift some people's thoughts about how to live a, a good life and a better life than they're currently living. So I went in there just really trying to be in a circle of success, if you will, and I'm yeah. sure you will, um, with, with people that were like-minded, that were really trying to level up their lives in whatever fashion that was. Um, and, you know, I, I get into this group and I quickly realize that I am pretty much the only guy that's not a coach, not a trainer, not a business person. Um, and I felt like in the first couple of weeks, I felt like I was a fish out of water. Like I don't fit in with these guys. I don't know what I'm doing here. I had this kind of imposter syndrome of, of, of sorts. But over the time that we spent together in this mastermind, I quickly realized that, you know, as we're doing the mastermind and the nature of a mastermind is you're, you're helping each other out. It's not yeah. just the leader doing this, the, the coaching. Can I hit the pause button really quick? Because I think this sure. is important. Yeah. So we, I'm in this group with you, right? And there was maybe like six or eight of us, something like that. Yeah. Okay. And so, so just so you guys, I've been, I've been in coaching at this point, probably for the last like eight years at this time that I met Nick. And so when Nick just said that he felt like he didn't belong, I'll tell you that I never felt that way about him. So if you get into a program, if you start coaching and you get into a mastermind, you might have those feelings initially, but mm -hmm. don't think that that's what everybody else is thinking about you. My thoughts were like, this is, I, I respect this guy for wanting more out of life. And I never once judged him or thought, oh gosh, this guy doesn't know what he's doing, fish out of water. Like those thoughts never crossed my mind. So don't let your own mind run rampant on you if you get into coaching or you get into a mastermind or something of that nature because that's just your own insecurities, you know, coming to the forefront to try to talk you out of your own success. And I mean, I looked at Nick as like, I wish I was this dude's, I'm 44. 
I wish I was Nick's age and had the, the guts to join a program like this and up-level my life. So, dude, I don't know if I've even ever told you that, but um, that, that was my thought process around you. So I was stoked to see you there and I couldn't wait to help you. Like, I'm like, if this dude needs something, like I'm, gonna, I'm helping him because I wanted, to be, I, I wanted to be you at that age. You know what I mean? And so I saw a lot of myself in you and I'm like, I'm dragging this joker with me wherever I go. <laughs> you know what I mean? And, th- and that's what you're going to find when you start working with a coach. Did I didn't mean to cut you off. I just thought that was super important because if you felt like that, somebody else is going to feel that way. And I don't want people to feel that way. I want them to understand that like those feelings are going to come up but don't listen to them. Keep moving forward. Keep showing up like you did. Go ahead, man. I'm sorry about that. No, man. I appreciate the insight. I, you're right. I've never heard that from you. So I, hearing your perspective is, is, is very cool to hear on my end. So thank you for sharing that. You're welcome. Um, but yeah, so I'm, you know, we're in this program. And like I said, the first couple of weeks, I'm like, I'm a teacher. I write. I do a little bit of the, the writing on the side. And my identity in that moment wasn't one that fit in with everybody. But in the, the weeks that we went through this, just in the, the nature of the mastermind, we're all helping each other out. Like I'm offering feedback to people that are coaches, are trainers, are businessmen from my perspective as a teacher or my perspective as a husband or whatever, you know, role I could offer. Um, and I just quickly realized and true to your point there, like I did belong. Like it wasn't that, it wasn't that um, my title held me back from helping people. Um, so it just kind of, made me see very clearly that one, being in the company of these guys that are changing people's lives made me want to widen the scope of how I do. Cause I mean, like I said, I, I teach. So that's one form of changing lives, but I saw quickly that I wanted to do, do more with, um, with kids that are, I mean, not kids, but people that are out of high school that aren't like going off to college. I wanted to work with men that are my age or a little bit older um, that, that really wanted to step their game up because knowing what I was helping you guys with in the mastermind or knowing what I could val- or, uh, offer and, and the value I could give, it just kind of got the wheels turning in my head. Like there's more for me than just teaching and writing this yeah. here for a reason. And it's not teaching and writing. Like they didn't, Tommy didn't let me in this group because I could give you guys the Pythagorean theorem right. over and over again. Long and, division. Right. Like that's not why I was there. And it was, <laughs> it was that, I, I could connect with you guys in a real way. And I offered you guys insights that you probably wouldn't have heard of from another person in the group because of my life's perspective. Um, and that just kind of lit the fire in me. And as I slowly started to build my practice and would kind of work with guys one-on-one, um, you know, there's a lot of rhetoric in the personal development space, if you will, about life coaches. And it, it kind of has a negative connotation, but, what I realized quickly is the negative connotation. A lot of people are saying, well, you know, you can't be a life coach if you're 20 something, you haven't lived a life yet. And I realized in, in working with guys and just knowing all of everybody that was in the mastermind, like you don't have to go through everything right. to be able to help someone with something like you right. have value to give innately. It's just a matter of how much skill set have you worked around it? How much uh, implementation have you had? Um, and you know, there's, I'm thinking of a client right now, like the dude has his own marketing business. I know nothing about like the specifics of marketing, but my job is to help him open up his mindset so that he can be the best boss to his employees. The guy that can, um, you know, really open up himself within his marriage, within um, just his like health and fitness. It's like a holistic look of 
this is where you're at in life. You want to level up, I can help you, but I'm not going to get into the nitty gritty of marketing with you because I can't help you there. I can help you with your mindset. I can help you with some soul searching that you want to do. I can help you with um, just different little skills that I've come up with in terms of helping myself grow. So, you know, it, you know, to answer your question, the mastermind was the birth of it in terms of really lighting that fire, but in just doing it for a little bit, I realized that one, I had value to give despite my age and my experience. And two, yeah. it's, it, it, it was more of a calling than like, Hey, I feel like I can make some money doing this. So I think I'm going to do it. It was like, yes. Let's elaborate on the coaching thing. Cause I think a lot of people get confused right there. They think, well, I'm going to hire a coach and they're going to fix everything. <laughs> That's guys. I've been in, I've been in personal development coaching. I always have a coach. One of Jay Nixon's theories is never trust a coach without a coach. So I always have someone that I am seeking advice and guidance from at, at any given time. I might have a couple of coaches. I might be in a mastermind, but I'm always getting coaching. Here's the deal. It goes back to what Nick said in the beginning of this call. His life was mediocre in every aspect, his health and fitness, his money, his relationships. He didn't change all of those things to change all of those things. He changed one thing and then all of those things began to follow behind it. So when you go into coaching, don't think that the coach or the mastermind or the seminar or whatever is going to fix your life globally. What you need to focus on is working on one thing, two things, fixing those things. And it's like a domino. You'll see it's momentum. You'll see those other things in your life that you didn't even necessarily work on in your mastermind or with your coach start to change because energy is contagious. And when Nick got out of that mediocre relationship, he found a new beautiful relationship. Guess what? The skies opened up, health and fitness got better, new city, new job, new everything. So you see what I'm talking about? So don't get confused and think, well, I'm going to get a coach and they're just going to fix everything. It's not a coach's job. Go in with the perspective. So just because Nick doesn't know marketing to help this guy who's running a multi, you know, conglomerate marketing, marketing firm, if Nick help him, helps him with one thing that changes his life, the guy's marketing business is going to get better, even though Nick never touched his marketing business. Does that make sense? Yeah, man. Uh, I mean, I will even add to that in terms of the, the notion that, you know, a coach can't fix everything or solve all your problems. One other thing is that if you expect yourself to go into a coaching program and come out the other side, never, ever having any kind of friction or problem or issue in your life, you are sorely, sorely mistaken what a coach can do. And it doesn't matter what the realm the coach is in, you know, it could be life coaching, fitness coaching, whatever, is they're going to work with you to build up your foundation or your skill set or your capacity to handle the problems on the other side of that. Because you problems never go away. You get better problems is what happens. Like you yeah. go from not having a business to having a business that's full up and you need to find somebody that you need to hire right. to help you with said business. So it's, it's not like, um, it's no coach is going to save you or cure you from any future issues. What they will do is, and you do, and I do, it's about building them up so that when they're no longer with us, they can still handle their, uh, their business without stress, without frustration over yeah. those littler things. It's going to be more so about the bigger things that they have transformed into. And it's like I was saying, I've, I've, been, I've been getting coaching for the last 10 years. The more successful I get, the more coaching I need, the more coaching I want, the more coaching I desire, because I know it's going to get me further faster. For sure. 
you know, I was listening to a podcast that I think it's Dean Grazioso or Grazia, I can't even say his name, but he was saying that he got into coaching because he realized he wrote a check for coaching and he like quadrupled his money. And he's like, I'll do this for the rest of my life. So he's right. the same way. He's always getting coaching. He's an uber successful entrepreneur, real estate, the whole nine yards, multi-million dollars, you know, in multiple businesses. He's still getting coaching today because he understands that that gets you further faster. Right. And the more successful you get, the more coaching you want because you know it's, it's useful. Right. It's, it's an investment. It's not, you're not yeah. spending money on coaching. It is an investment. Oh. And yes, money goes out the door in the beginning, but you will get it. You will get money. You will either get your money back. You will get results back. You will get something back that has the value yep. probably tenfold of whatever you put the money down for. I never uh, worry about writing a check for coaching. Never, no, never crosses my mind. Never second guess it. Way. Yeah, it, I, I get it back tenfold. Like I'm excited to do it. Okay. This leads me to the next question. So there's coaches of all, life coaches of all, you know, various shapes and sizes. So why men? Like why, are, why have you decided to focus on just guys? Well, there's a multitude of reasons, but the couple that come to mind are creating a safe space for guys to sit down and have some real conversations about life. Um, because, you know, I have some very quality, awesome friends, love them to death. But when we sit down and we have a drink and we're just hanging out, it's very rarely about our struggles. It's very rarely about our ambitions. It is really just about like, Hey, the world series is on. What do you think about the pitcher that pitched last night? Or, right. Hey, um, you know, I, I heard you got a new house. What do you think of it? It's, it's kind of surface level, but you know, some of my closest, closest friends, we go deep and it's awesome. And it's amazing. I just feel like there's not many men that have a connection where they can say, listen, my marriage is on the rocks. And if I don't do anything in the next month, my wife's going to leave me or, Hey, listen, I have this crazy dream that I want to start a business that sells pistachios. Yeah. But, like just opening up and having that conversation, knowing that they're safe to do that, knowing that there's going to be compassion on the other side, no matter if it's good or bad. Um, so that was the, the kind of main reason uh, why I went into coaching men, because having that space is so, so powerful. Um, because if it's a, if it's a negative conversation, negative in quotations, if it's a, a conversation about something that's going on, that's tough, being able to flesh that out and realize that you, you know, life will go on, you're going to be okay. And let's talk about how we can fix and or mend the situation is more powerful than being able to just sit with that and try to figure it out yourself. It's just, it just is. Um, and then the flip side of that, having the ambitious conversation, I mean, Saying what you believe you are worth or what you believe you are, uh, what you're allowed to go and get in this life to another human and having them look back at you and say, all right, cool, let's do it. How do you do it? You know, instead of saying, that's a little crazy from this small town, you're going to go and build that business. Are you nuts? Like there's <clears throat> so much resistance to being able to speak what you want out of this life. Um, so having that conversation, having me, having a space to have that conversation with guys, I felt was super important. So that's kind of why I focused mainly in on guys. And frankly, when I look back at why I'm, I, my brand is moving past mediocre, it's because I was a guy who was in a relationship that wasn't fulfilled by it. And then like made this decision, like you said, and my world just opened up to me. And I saw, I mean, obviously I lived it from a guy's perspective. So 
I know kind of the the background of that. Um, so just those two things in, in combination, I was like, you know what, this is where I need to spend my energy and this is where I need to, to really help in the highest way possible because I've walked the steps, I've seen the steps, I'm still walking those steps personally. Um, that and, uh, and just being able to say like, listen guys, it's okay to talk about these things. It's actually critical to talk about these things. Um, has led me down this path of really zeroing in on, on guys and, and helping support them. I mean, I'm just sitting here listening to you thinking about how critical and crucial this is. Like, you know, as a 44 year old guy, um, look, you know, we're not going to get into my story today, but I've probably been on my journey now for the last like 14 years of personal development growth. My life has changed exponentially and I was in the same boat you were in, like, you know, hanging out with the dudes at the bar, talking about nothing, you know, football, blah, blah, blah. You know, I have a, Tommy and I have a joke. I'm like, dude, if I ever ask you how your fantasy football team's going, I need you to get here and slap me around. You know what I mean? Because there's so many, not that, I mean, listen, if you're into fantasy football, don't hate me for that. But as dudes, we very rarely, like, I mean, you and I have deep conversations. Like we don't talk about like the game last night or whatever. We might dabble in that, but like, I'd say 90% of our conversations are going to be something about life something about next steps, something about growth, something about opportunity. And it's, I'm the same way with Tommy. I'm the same way with the guys that, that I hang around because that's where you get to the goal. You know what I mean? Like yeah. you've never gone home after hanging out at the bar all night talking about like the, the sports center highlights and got anywhere further in life. Not that those conversations aren't important, but guys need a space in a safe place because sometimes we let our ego get in the way. And we're like, gosh, I can't say that out loud. I say that out loud, somebody's going to think I'm a wimp. Like, guys, this is confession. I used to be a tough guy. Confessions from a former tough guy. I thought men were supposed to be tough, right? You know, like, oh, I can't say that. Like, they'll think I'm a wimp or whatever. Now, I'll, you want me, I'll cry for you. You want me to cry? I'll cry for you right now. <laughs> like, we, I can't even watch a rom-com with Lori. We're watching a movie. She's like, are you crying? I'm like, yes. I don't even know why. <laughs> it's but my I can, soul. Could yeah, do it. But, but I can tell you this. Just say yes. Say yes to him. He loves you. You know what I mean? But I can tell you this. When I got vulnerable, my life changed exponentially. And so I think it's a beautiful platform that you have that you're giving people and guys especially the opportunity to have a vulnerable place where they can go after their guys have big goals and dreams just like everybody else. But sometimes we're afraid to say it because we're scared somebody might make fun of us or scared that somebody's not going to believe in us or scared we might fail. And, mm -hmm. you know, so I commend you for, for offering gentlemen a platform and a safe place to do this in, man. So I, I commend you on that. Thank you, man. I appreciate that. Absolutely. Here's what I want to get to before we go, because we, we don't want to kill the, we can, Nick and I can stay on the phone for like five hours if you guys haven't noticed. <laughs> so here's the deal. There's a lot of myths out there with coaching, right? So right, what are the three biggest myths that many men believe that keeps them stuck? So what are guys thinking like, I'm stuck because blank, you know, what is the myth behind those? So like the first one that I come back to, it, it's almost always the place that I, I start with my clients. And it's a phrase that um, I'm sure you've heard before, Jay, and I've heard, I'm sure everybody else that is listening to has heard before. Just someone just kind of sums up life by saying it is what it is. Have you ever heard someone say this, Jay? I have, and it's not. If you're saying that, <laughs> stop it. Right. Um, yeah, so I, the way that I just kind of 
deliver that to my clients and I just say it is what it is and like they've heard it before so they understand it but what it is is and I'm just mumbling through is 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 and what is it there's a lot of is is in there but it's tough yeah. we might get there yeah we'll get there it's just accepting reality very passively is what it is and I find that the guys that I work with some of them some of them come like wide open and like ready for Yep. You know, thoughts make things. Let's talk about law of attraction. Let's really, and they dive right into it. It's beautiful. It's wonderful. Awesome. But what I've experienced is there's a lot of guys that are very practical. There are a lot of guys that are very rational minded and truth be told, I am um, in the realm of rational and practical as well. But looking out at life and saying, yep, I guess there's not much else I can do about it and saying it is what it is. It's almost forfeiting to whatever your perceived reality is. Yeah. You're looking you're just like, all right, cool. I guess I'll just keep riding this out for a while and see if anything changes. Um, so yeah, that, that's the number one biggest myth that I can come up with. And, and really the, the biggest part of that is since it is so passive, it just by buying it and by leaning into this, it is what it is, acceptance of reality, you just start floating through life. You just yeah. go through the motions until one day you end up dying and you, you never really, really lived. Um, then it was what it was, what it was, right? <laughs> right. And the thing is like you say that and then you ride that out and you believe that thought and you, and you yeah. just really double down on it for the rest of your life. You think you were right. Yep. When there's people around you that are not accepting the reality passively, actively changing and actively changing themselves. And here you are just, double downing doubling down on, on this thought and saying on your deathbed like i was right nothing ever changed yep but it's because you didn't do anything so it's the ultra limiting <clears throat> belief yes it just keeps you in the box that you're currently in yeah. and the biggest thing that I, I tell my clients is all right so that's the myth how can we fix it because i'm not going to just give you all these myths and say we're done here so here's your information go have fun so the biggest thing that they can do is just take responsibility and as you know, and, and I know that you're not, you are not in control of a lot. Like there is a lot in this world that is just spiraling around you that you have zero control over and accepting that is important. So I don't want to say like accepting reality is foolish because there are some things that you, you don't have control over, but there are some things that you do and being able to control them and actively and intentionally engage with them is the way that you can change this passive acceptance of it is what it is and just letting that ride out. So like controlling your thoughts, what are you thinking right now? Are you thinking about how stressed out you are? Are you thinking about, you know, all the debt that you're in? Are you thinking about how you aren't deserving of something? Um, so controlling those things, what do you believe in? Cause you can control your beliefs. You can control your actions. You can control your priorities. There are a few things, a handful of things that you absolutely can control. And when you dial in what you can control and really just say everything else outside of these five or six things is useless to me and just control your actions, your thoughts, your beliefs, your, your priorities, what you're saying it is will soon change and you'll yeah. be able to control more within whatever your new reality is because you've really focused your attention on what you can control rather than bitching about politics rather than took the words out of my mouth <laughs> rather than complaining about your relationship someone else's relationship you know uh bickering back and forth with coworkers, like all this stuff that isn't going to 
shift the tide of your life, but you're doing that while somebody else is really zeroing in on the words that they say to themselves yeah, or the thoughts that they think or the beliefs that they have. I mean, there's so many clients and I'm even looking at myself in the mirror here, like don't explore the beliefs that they have about themselves or about the world around them ever. Like they yeah. just, it's just, they have this like concept of it is what it is. And they just sit with that and say, Oh, I believe that Republicans are bad people. I guess that that must be true. I've right. been sitting with that for 20 years. I yeah. don't really know what else goes on, but exploring that and saying, wait, I can control what goes on up here in my mind and what my, my, my body does and doubling down on that rather than focusing your attention on all the external um, is really the way to shift out of that myth and go from it is what it is to it is what I choose it to be. Dude, my life changed. I'm going to tell you just a quick story. My life changed exponentially in, I don't know, there may be like six words in here, seven. I don't even know. I was one of my coaches, my very, very first coach. He told me that, Jay, you can be, do, and have anything in life you desire if you're willing to work for it. And I was like, what? Like I'd never, that concept was, it's, it's such a simple concept, but it was almost foreign to me, Nick. Like I didn't, I couldn't wrap my head around it before he said it. And then he just kept saying it to me over and over. And, over. and I think about it every day. I'm like, Jay, I can be, do, and have anything I want. Holy shit. Like, this is amazing. <laughs> that simple little shift. And you guys may be thinking, Jay, it's not that easy. I'm telling you, there was a lot of actions taken behind those words. But those words, that simple shift in my mindset about, you know what? I can be, do, and have anything that I desire. I'm going to believe that. And when I started believing that and taking action on it, my life has exponentially changed over the last 14 years. I mean, in a grandiose fashion. So it's that simple. I just started taking responsibility. I believed I deserved, I was worth it. Started killing it. Right. Yeah. And that you mentioned something about like somebody might hear that statement and say, well, that's just not how it is. That's, right. that's not real. And the more, and here's the tricky thing about it. The more that you argue for that the fact that i can't have everything i'm i didn't i wasn't born into money or you know my family's obese i i can't like i have these these limitations the more you argue for them the more you get to keep them because you're going to continue to see them you're going to continue to realize that they are true in your life um but if you just allow yourself like you did to believe in something that is outside the realm of what you currently believe and just say you know what? Why not? Well, I mean, what the alternative is, yeah. okay, so if it's false, it's false. But if it's true and I believe it and I really run with this thing, man, let's see what happens. Yeah, and I'm a, I grew up in a town of 4,000 people, one stoplight. Dad got killed when I was five. Like, I had no reason to believe this. Like, I should have believed that nah, my life is this, what it's supposed to be. And I lived that way for a long time, gentlemen. But that day when that dude said that, I'm like, I'm ready, man. Like, let's go. Like, I know, what, I know what it's like on the other side. That's not me. That sucks. Yeah. So I always wanted a way out, and I couldn't get a way out on my own. I wanted it so bad. I got a coach, and my life changed exponentially from that moment forward. I've never looked back, and I've just kept going. Dude, what's number two? What's the second myth that dudes are believing that's really, really not true? The second myth that I come across, and I mean, you and I run in similar circles, so you see the same content on Facebook mm -hmm. and Instagram and everything. It's, um, and, and there's been a shift, I would say, as of late, but 
ever since I've been involved with personal development, there is a very high value on hustling and grinding and, you know, putting in the work and doing everything you can. And to be clear, work is required no matter what. I'm not right. saying that you shouldn't work for anything. You should like, you shouldn't just sit on your couch and just say, I would really like to be a millionaire and just wait for somebody to come to your door. That's not realistic. And it's not what I'm getting at, but the way that I look at it is the indulgence of action or the indulgence of emotion by themselves both lead to nowhere. Like the indulgence of action for the sake of action. Like the person that says, I get up at 3.30 in the morning and I grind it out and I grind it out and I grind it out and I pass out at, at 10 p.m. and I do it again. The indulgence in that kind of action with no purpose, with no emotion is just going to burn somebody out because they're, they're sprinting towards a brick wall. Like there's nothing that they're engaging with emotionally that makes it all that work useful. I see a lot of guys that, you know, they'll either come to me or I'll see them in, on Facebook and we'll start interacting and, you know, they work really, really hard. They work a lot of hours. Um, they get up early. They stay up late. They're, they're hustlers. They're grinders. And you just ask them why. And it's always a very generic, oh, my legacy, blah, blah, blah. And like, have you really dialed in what you're doing? Or is it just because you saw that Gary Vee is working 18 hour days that right. you need to keep hustling and grinding? And like, I love Gary Vee in certain aspects of who he is and what he brings to the table. But if you're just buying into the fact that you need to get up at 4 a.m., to be a boss and, and live your life, you're going to end up burning yourself out. So the indulgence in action, not going to get you anywhere. Indulgence in just emotion and thought and thinking about things also is just going it, to, it's just going to leave you sitting on the couch thinking about how it'd be great to be a millionaire. Yeah. So what I always come to in terms of dispelling this myth is yes, work, yes, put in the work, but emotionally engage with why you're doing it and bring that to the forefront every time you get up early to do something. I don't know. Like what time do you get up in the morning, Jay? I know you're I get, early. Right well, now. I get up at three 30 every morning cause my gym opens so early. I have to, you know, my clients start showing up by four 30. Okay. Yeah. And I get up at four 30 at four 20 every morning. And so like, it might say like to hear us say we get up that early. Somebody might hear that and say, well, okay, you're saying hustling and grinding isn't useful. So what, what's the deal? Ask but, me what time well, I go to bed. <laughs> well, what time do you go to bed, Jay? I'm like, last night I was asleep at eight o'clock. <laughs> so I, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not staying up till one in the morning and grinding and doing all that stuff. Uh, you, I want to hit something really quick. So guys, I know a ton of entrepreneurs and that whole grinding thing is just marketing. I, like, I love Gary Vee, but he's a mm -hmm. marketer. He's got a dude that follows him around with a camera 24 seven. So let's be honest. Like it's, it's, it's perceived grinding for the purpose of marketing a platform so that you buy books and you buy things and you listen and you love and all those things. And I love the dude. I love his energy. I love all the gumption. I love everything. But guess what? If I'm working a 20 hour day every day, I come home, Lori's not going to be here when I get home eventually. Right. So sure. I don't know who Gary Vee's married to. I don't know his kids, but that's not the life that I'm digging, man. And, and guess what? Don't believe the shit you see on social media. Okay. The social media is a highlight reel. It's like, the tape I had when I was high school when I was trying to get recruited. I didn't show the plays when I fumbled. I showed the plays when I'm high stepping down the sidelines like Dion, right? right? I didn't show the play where I went the wrong way. I didn't show the play where the ball hit me in the hands and it fell on the ground. I'm just showing the highlight reel. I'm showing, you know, the stiff arm, you know, the, you know you're, you're showing your mojo. So don't believe social media, guys. It's BS. It's not true. Get that out of your brain. Right. 
And I will even follow that with, so you get up at 3, 3 30, you said? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I get up at 4 30. Right. Well, both of us, when we get up, there's intention behind why we're getting up. It's not to get up and just work our ass off for the sake of working our ass off. Like I get up that early because I have a full-time job. Like I coach on the side and I do it and I love it. And it's awesome. And I coach these guys and it's wonderful. But I, at the end of the day, like I go and teach kids in high school. So right. I get up at 420 so I can work out, so I can meditate and so I can journal and read before I go do that. Because when I get home from work, I want to spend time with my family. 100%. Like, I want to come in and kiss my wife and daughter and not feel like I have to go and read a book or hop on a, a coaching call. I mean, yes, there's times that I do. I find time and I make time for it, but you know, it's intentional that I get up at 420 so that I can work on myself before I go off and, and do what I need to do for the day. And I would assume that you're getting up that early so that you can get yourself in the space that when you do get to the studio, you can be the best coach to those, those people that show up and 100%. pay you money to be there. And like you said, um, when I get home at night, I want to be present with my significant other. Like, I don't want to be, I don't want to have to go work out. I don't want to have to go to the gym. I don't want to have to do all those things. I want to be present with Lori so that my life is fulfilled in all the, in all the different realms. Right. And the, the biggest thing that I come to with this specific myth or this specific topic with the guys that I work with is at the end of the day, whatever you're working, grinding, hustling for, it's not the thing. It's not the car. It's not the house. It's not the relationship. It's not the travel. It's nothing like that. It is just the emotion that is tied to that achievement. So like when you make a million bucks, you, the green paper in your hand is not what you're after. It is the feeling of security that you get when you get there. Um, you know, marrying someone is not about marrying someone. It is about feeling loved and, and appreciated. And, you know, when you buy the house or you buy the car, it's about, uh, or like your dream job, it's about having worth and having value. It's not about the actual title that's on your door at your office. So allowing them to detach the, the end goal from the emotion and realize that everybody has the ability to feel something or feel however they want to feel. Like if I wanted to feel loved, I mean, I'm grateful that I have a lot of love within like five feet of me all the time here in my house. But if I was someone that was in a spot that wasn't in a relationship or wasn't feeling the love at that moment, or like had this grand, grand idea that I wanted to get married someday to a beautiful woman and they kept chasing down this thing, I would say, guess what? You're chasing down love. And I want you to look out at your life right now and realize that there are people that love you and you love people. Guaranteed. Your mom, your sister, maybe a niece or nephew that you're, you're crazy about find a way to engage with that emotion right now because if you wait until you get to where you're trying to go to feel that emotion every step of the way is going to be miserable yeah because by the time you get there you're going to be burnt out and then you've you know whatever you've built up the emotion to be in your mind like when you finally hit that payday you're like this didn't feel like i thought it was going to feel so allowing yourself to be aware that the emotion that you're after is always present and available to you. And then using that as fuel power to get where you want to go is kind of how I turn the tables around on, on hustling and grinding. Like, yes, work. Yes. Put in work, but make sure that you are tuning in with the emotions that you want to feel while you do that so that you can enjoy the ride the entire way there. You know, you don't want to just ride it out and then hopefully you were right about how you wanted to feel when you get there. That's, that's a lot of wasted energy and emotion. So right. tapping into it in the, in the here and now is, is huge for that. Love that. Dude, what's the last one? What's number three? 
Number three is the concept, and this is one I personally struggled with. It took me a while to kind of work my way around it, is the concept that we have to be this or that, or have this or that. Um, the word or was something that was subconsciously planted in my mind, and it took the work of having my own coach to help me extract this. You know, it was shortly after I became a dad, and, um, you know, I had a lot of balls in the air in terms of the things that I was going through in my life, the things that I was trying to accomplish. You know, I was um, a life coach to guys. I was a husband. I was a father now. <laughs> I was a teacher. I was a writer. I had all these things that I had to, you know, I was responsible for. Yeah. And um, my coach was talking me through. I'm like, I was stressed out about all the time management and the priorities that I was trying to set. And he basically was like, listen, if you have the subconscious belief that you can only be a dad or a coach or a writer or a husband or this or that and have these strict uh, mutually exclusive categories and have them separated by this or that, you will always, always, always lean towards the thing that is um, your highest priority, your highest love, your highest thing. So like when I, when time got, short obviously when you become a parent it, it just it does <laughs> you know my, my daughter cuts into my day and that's great because it's a lovely gift that we have but I had less time and whenever I had less time or um, you know just had more things to take care of I would self-sabotage the stuff that wasn't involved with being a dad or a husband because those two things are the most important to me right. in my mind I thought that I could only be a dad or a coach not both I thought I could only be a husband or a writer, not both. So anytime that that came up, whether it was conscious or subconscious, I would lean towards the things that I valued the most, which was being a husband and being a dad. Um, but what my coach kind of got me through was, and now I, I help guys get through as well, because now walking through it myself, it's really, really powerful. Yeah. Is that you can do and have it all. Literally, you can. You just have to be present within the things that you're doing rather than trying to solve three problems within one, one role, if you will. Like I can't, I can't try to think about a client's issue that I'm working through while I'm rocking Lucy to sleep. Right. That's not useful. I can't be on a date with my wife and be thinking about content ideas that I need to deliver to a client. Um, because that's not fair to the client because I'm not really giving them all my energy and it's not fair to my wife because I'm not giving her hundred percent of my, my focus and my attention. So it's really about not trying to multitask your energy and multitask your thought um, around everything that you want and try to do, but setting some clear boundaries around what the time is that you're going to be doing certain things. So like if I tell my wife, we're going to go on a date, we're going to be there for two hours. We're not doing anything but going on that date. I'm not going to be thinking about school. I'm not going to be thinking about my, my latest clients or what, you know, uh, I'm currently writing a book. So I'm not going to be thinking about writing the book and all of that. So just being a hundred percent present as, as much as possible and coming back to the question that I've now delivered to my clients is whenever you find yourself scatterbrained and thinking that you can't do it all, think to yourself, what role are you playing right now? And if I'm like rocking my daughter to sleep, it clicks me into the fact that, oh, shit, I need to be present with my daughter. Or if I'm uh, coaching a client and all of a sudden I'm thinking about all the other stuff I have to do, like, nope, for the next hour, I am a coach. And then when the hour is over, I can go back to being a husband and a father and all of those things. So just 
knowing that it's possible to have more than what you currently have and thinking that you have to choose is a fallacy. It's not something that you have to believe in, but sitting with the fact that if you want to do multiple things, you just have to create time and energy boundaries around them. Two hours, you know, 45 minutes of your time is strictly this. And then when you're in those time boundaries, be 100% there, 100% present, because trying to divide your energy is just going to make you weaker in all those areas and will eventually make something fall off from all the stuff you're trying to do. So that is the third myth that you can, you have to choose. You don't have to choose. If you want to choose, cool. You know, there's nothing wrong with just wanting to be a dad and a career man. There's nothing wrong with that. But if you are saying to yourself that you can't go and start a business or you can't go and do this because of other responsibilities, um, it's just because you're not being fully present within the things you're doing. And it's a hard task to, to nail down really being present all the time. But if you're at least aware that you're, that's the goal is to be present, you're going to find yourself being more present and really dialing in with, with those people and those tasks that you're trying to be 100% there for. No, I agree. I think those are three big myths that I'm glad that you kind of debunked because I think those are things that we've convinced ourselves of as guys over, you know, the lineage of time. And so I think those are three important things that we all need to take into account because, you know, those are definitely myths and you gave some great solutions on how you can overcome those. And that's just a small sample, you know, something that you're going to do for these gentlemen that come into your coaching world. So like I said earlier, guys, Nick and I could do this conversation for like 10 hours and you guys would hate us both at the end. Um, so Nick, what, what do you want to leave us with, man? Like, where can these gentlemen find you? Like, what's the next step? If somebody heard this and they're like, this Nick dude's got it together. Like, I want to find out more about him. Like, where, where, do, you, where do you want to send people to? So let's just make this easy. We're not going to throw them at a landing page if they have to go through this funnel. Like, my email address is Nick at movingpastmediocre.com. If you send me an email with the subject line, power half hour, I will reach out. Now, what I've been doing over the last couple of weeks is offering power half hours, uh, half hour coaching conversations with guys that feel like they are, like they might hear a conversation like this and they might have some interest, but they're not quite sure if it's there for them. I've been offering um, 30 minute complimentary calls anybody that's interested because I, I really want to give as much value as I can so that they understand that there's value and there is definitely some worth in this kind of conversation, making it a, a full-time commitment to them. Um, so just email me at nick at movingpastmediocre.com with the subject line power half hour, and we will hop on a 30 minute coaching call and we are going to get into some, some powerful stuff for you. It's really about the biggest, I guess if you could holistically look at what I do for guys is I, I allow them to step into their power with the greatest ease that they can. And it's not from the outside in. It's not from a place like I'm going to hustle and grind my butt off. I'm going to buy this car. I'm going to buy this house and then I'll be powerful. It's from the inside out. It's looking inside yourself and saying, kind of similar to what you, the statement that you mentioned, I can be, do, and have whatever I want. Yeah. Like, thinking and believing and really starting from the core of yourself with that. That's what I, I work with guys on is really just diving into the, into the mindset, into the subconscious thoughts that have maybe derailed them a little bit. And in the half hour that we work together, if we were to hop on a complimentary call, we're really just kind of work through what that might look like for you. What does power mean to you? What does it mean for you to be powerful in your life? What are you looking to level up? And 
uh, yeah, I look forward to anybody that, that reaches out and, and sends me an email because um, there's a lot of magic that can happen in a half hour if you're open to it. And uh, yeah, I, I look forward to that. Well, I'd like to elaborate. Gentlemen, this is super generous of Nick to offer this. And I mean, I hate to, to tell you this, but I've already sent my um, email in, Power Half Hour, Jay Nixon. First coaching call is going to be me. So Nick, you, I'll, be talking <laughs> to you tomorrow. I'll be talking to you tomorrow. I appreciate it. Um, so guys, take advantage of this, man. I'm not kidding around. Like, this is something that if you have enjoyed, if you'd enjoyed one sentence that Nick and I talked about today, get yourself on the phone with this gentleman. He'll help you change your life. He'll help you get where you want to go. So please, please, please take advantage of this and don't convince yourself not to because you don't think you're worth it because I promise you you're worth it. And I promise you, Nick will help uncover the things that you may not even know you need uncovered. Get on the phone with the guy for 30 minutes, see what happens. Nick's social media. So we're in a social media highlight real society. Your stuff is legit. You're real. You give beautiful content. Um, are you on Facebook? Are you on Instagram? If so, where can we get you? Yeah, on Facebook, you can just find me at my first and last name, Nick Maytash. And uh, on Instagram, it is Nick underscore moving past mediocre. That's where you can find me there. And, you know, I'm usually on there just about every day. And unless, you know, just like the last couple of days, I was on a little... Um, anniversary trip with my wife and my daughter. So I wasn't as active, but usually I'm on there just about every day. You shouldn't have been on there. You were present and mindful with your daughter and your wife, which is what you should be doing, which goes right along with what you were saying on number three, be mindful, present, and intentional. You got so, it, man. You see, understand. The dude, well, no, you get it because you're congruent with what you're teaching. And that's something I want to make a, the last point of. The dude's congruent. There's nothing better than a coach that's congruent and living what it is that he's preaching and teaching. And I can tell you right now with 100% certainty that Nick is that dude. He's going to teach you the things that he knows are tried and true and that are going to work because he's been through them. So get that power half hour call in, gentlemen, and it will change your life. Nick, as always, brother, appreciate you. I love you. Thank you for doing this. And um, I can't wait to wrap with you again soon. Yeah, man, I appreciate it. It was a great, great conversation as always. And uh, yeah, maybe I can, I can hop back on the podcast another time, make it a three-time visit. Are you kidding me? We're doing the three-peat for sure. Guys, thanks for joining the Thrive Forever Fit Show. Until we talk again, I love you, and I'll talk to you soon. All right, guys. See ya.